Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to the Third Eye Awakening podcast, a show where we talk all about spiritual and psychic awakening, magic, the shift from 3D to 5D, star seeds, ascension, multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, the universe, the multiverse, the Akashic records, all the good things. I am your host, Amy Belair, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Okay, let's do this. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Third Eye Awakening. I am coming at you recording this intro today at the end of what was a very weird day. It was a weird day. There were some things in my day that happened that were definitely weird. And then there were things that happened in my day that were totally normal. But the energy just feels bizarre, like almost surreal. It kind of feels like the matrix is glitching today hard. I don't know. I don't know if any of you are feeling that too, but I, it kind of makes me think of like what, what is in store for us this month. And, and I'm, I'm like, oh, damn, we're in for it. We're in for it. If this is just a precursor of what this month holds, which I think it is, We're in for a fucking weird ride this month. I kind of have the feeling... So I did my energy report earlier in the week. I I wish it was better. (laughs) The, The compromise when I decide to open up a whole bunch of spots and book a whole bunch of readings, the compromise is that it only leaves me certain little windows of time to get everything else done that I need to do. And that includes recording podcast intros, recording energy reports, recording modules for different programs, and recording podcast episodes. And I can get a lot of things done, but it means that sometimes I have to work when I'm not in flow. And when I was recording the energy report for October, I feel like I wasn't in flow. So some of the stuff that came out was totally relevant and true, Actually, all the stuff that came out was relevant and true, but not all of it came out in the energy report. And maybe it's because I also hadn't even fully integrated it, you know? But here I am kind of reflecting on the weirdness of today and thinking about what came through in the energy report with the card for the quarter. So the the final three months of this year being the death card, which is a major arcana card. Don't panic. It doesn't necessarily mean everyone's going to die or you're going to die. It's just, you know, talking about the very transformative energy of death, that point on the cycle that plays out in many, many areas of life and nature. But then the card for October was the moon card and that is not, that's my least favorite card in the whole tarot because it is no joke. The moon is no joke. It is the dark night of the soul. It is that weird period where you don't know up from down, left from right. You don't even know who you are. You don't know what direction to move. You don't know, you don't know anything. You just feel like you're in a total fog, in a haze and Everything feels confusing and disorienting. And sometimes the light of the moon is visible, but the light isn't very bright and the light is changeable. And it's just like, the worst part is you don't know when it's going to end. So you're just in it and you're like, oh my God, 
is this my life now? Like, did I make a wrong move? Did I, did I make a wrong turn? The moon card is kind of the feeling of entering into a neighborhood that you don't recognize and you kind of have the heebie-jeebies about and your first thought is like, where did we take a wrong turn? Where, like, what happened? How did I get here? That's what the moon card feels like. And so it's a dark night of the soul because in that space of unclarity and confusion. I mean, a lot is happening, right? Like a lot is being processed. This even makes me think of all the stuff I've been saying about the collective quantum leap. I'm like, yeah, uh, right now as I'm speaking, I'm like, yeah, totally makes sense. We're, if we're quantum leaping, we're gonna go through the moon. Like we're going to go, not, oh my God. (laughs) Through the moon card is what I'm talking about. Not through the actual literal moon. But we're going to go through this dark night of the soul. Through this phase where we're like, where are we as we travel between timelines? It's, (laughs) yeah. It just feels like, yeah, the matrix is going to glitch on us in very weird ways this month. And it's going to cause... Probably, honestly, an experience of a certain degree of panic as we watch the matrix glitch and it requires us to reevaluate the things that we have taken for granted in our personal cosmology or understanding of reality. You know, I mean, that's what, sorry, that's what most humans resist anyway, is that feeling of having your construct of reality threatened I guess or or just like like bring it into question where you're not sure if you're going to find out that everything that you believed was wrong so I mean I feel like that's probably what we are going to experience this month each of us to some degree or another is some kind of way that the matrix glitches on us and reminds us that this is a matrix, that this is a simulation. I mean, I know that there are people that don't like that. People that I really respect who do not want to call it a simulation because they make they they feel like that seems too artificial intelligence and just like like devoid of any greater meaning. But when I say simulation, I don't mean it like artificial intelligence. It's just an easy word to use. It's an easy analogy to explain what I mean that we are, um, we are like sub characters in the story that's being played out by larger fields of consciousness and, and on and on it goes, you know, we are, this feels real. This reality feels real and we call it reality. And yet it is so tiny and it is so transient and it is just a dream. It's just a dream. Anyway, I'm just personally buckling up for some fucking weird shit this month. And you know what? I'm here for it. I say this right now. ask me in three weeks. But right now I'm here for it. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Today I have such a fun conversation for you with a new friend, Ebony Banks. 
And she shares her very cool story about her psychic awakening and just um, some really neat insights on how she understands and experiences psychic information. It was a really cool conversation and it's so fitting for the season that we're moving into because like I shared on my energy report, I feel like the veil is so super thin this year, super, super thin. There's just so much information coming through to be seen. Like the separation between layers of time feels extremely thin And it also feels like we're getting a lot of our memories back. And of course that comes through the psychic portals. I, and I feel like so many of us are going to have psychic, um, like activations this month and this whole entire season, as well as probably traversing some pretty intense moon card matrix glitching, you know, existential crisis, (laughs) dark nights of the soul. So having this conversation with Ebony and then being able to share it for today's podcast is, feels so timely and so perfect and divine. And she is super cool. Um, and then as for me and what I've got to share, because you know I've got something for this wild season that we're moving into. I am bringing out my course, the Psychic Activation Course. I didn't even bother with a better name because what better name could you pick than that? It's extremely clear what it's about. I'm, I'm bringing it back around and I am turning it into a live program. So for the next five days until midnight Eastern time on October 10th, you can snag the Psychic Activation Course on pre-sale price, which again, pre-sale means that I'm giving you a huge discount to compensate for the fact that I don't have like the sales page done and all the emails that go with it. And when I say I, I mean May, like May is the one that does all that, but I haven't given her my piece so that she can do that part yet because I'm doing so many readings. I'm like crazy busy right now, but <clears throat> Because I don't have all those things together, uh, I'm giving you a super discounted price while I get my shit together. And so for the next five days, it's going to be on super seller discount. You can save $444 by signing up for it in the next five days. That means that you get a live psychic activation program with me for only $333, which is a total steal. It's crazy, actually. It's craziness on my part. Sometimes I think I'm not a very good business owner because <laughs> I'm always wanting to <laughs> undercut myself, honestly, and, and just undercut what the business needs in order to keep itself afloat. But anyway, this is what I'm doing. So here's the vibe. I created this course in, I think it was June, maybe May of 2021. And it is such a great course. I talk about the different components of psychic information. I talk about receiving and interpreting it and what all this means. I go into the clairs. I go into what it means to be an empath. I talk about the process of like opening up to receive it and then basically like decoding it. And so understanding what it means and then translating it so that you can share it in some meaningful way. Um, Yeah, I go through the whole process. I think there's five modules. Hold on, let me pull them up. 
yes, there are five modules plus a Q&A plus different practices and exercises and journaling points and a um, an energy clearing, some channeled light language activations or light code activations, the chakra activations. It's so juicy and jam-packed already that it's really like, this is where I'm like, $333, even just for this is a very, very reasonable price for the amount of information and the work that goes into creating this. But I'm not stopping there because what I observed through this last amazing round of Into the Akasha that I ran in the summer is that a lot of people don't have their basic psychic stuff activated, which makes it very challenging to guide them in a confident way into connecting with the Akashic Records because they're still trying to figure out like, am I am I even receiving psychic information or if I, am I just making this all up? How do I know the difference? What does this mean? And that's fair. Like they are really two different subjects. So because I want to be a very good teacher and I really actually want the people who join me in these programs to experience it for themselves and actually have a transformation, I've decided to run the Psychic Activation course live this year. It's going to happen in November. I've already got the dates picked out. I'm super pumped, super excited. But if you decide to join me in the Psychic Activation course in the next five days while it's on pre-sale price, you will get in for such an insane steal of a price. I just can't even believe it. And you get instant access to all of the material that was originally recorded and created in 2021. And then you get to join the live round, which is going to be phenomenal in November. You can wait and purchase it at some other point through the month, of course, at a higher price. But if you want in and you know you want to activate your psychic abilities, have psychic experiences, come away feeling very clear and very certain how to how it is that you receive psychic information, what to do with it, how to understand it. You, if you want to feel like, yes. I know that I'm getting something and I know that this is what it means and I feel confident in it, then this is the program for you, my friend. I cannot wait to have you. You might as well get in at the best price. All right. I guess I'll just plug my weekly tarot and Akashic readings too. <laughs> Say those are free. <laughs> you just sign up uh, in the link in my bio, the link in my link tree on Instagram. It's on my website, weekly tarot and Akashic energy reports, sign up for free, get it delivered to you via email. And yeah, that's it. That's, that's what I got for you today. I'm sure I'll be back with so much more about the crazy energies that we're moving into as I process and assimilate it. But until then, I hope you enjoy this awesome conversation with Ebony Banks and I'll catch you on the other side. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Third Eye Awakening. Today I have a special guest, Ebony Banks, with me. Well, that's a wrap. I truly hope that you enjoyed the episode and that you got some good activations, insights, and inspiration from what was shared today. I want to give a shout out to May, who edits all of these podcast episodes. And I want to thank you, beautiful listener, for the valuable currency of your time and attention. You 
are a powerful creator. And may everything in this podcast serve you in your highest fucking creations. Your listenership means the world to me truly. I cannot possibly express my appreciation enough for you and your being here with me on this journey. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. I will catch you on the next episode. I've on her own healing journey and is now inspired to teach people to do the same, to access their intuition, to heal the stuck parts of their lives that prevent them from living their desired life. Ebony's main spiritual gift is clear tangency, which means clear touch and is the ability to receive information and impressions through touch. Ebony, welcome to Third Eye Awakening. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. And I just want to make a quick correction. So there are actually seven clear senses. Ooh, seven. Yeah, I think the list we sent you, it, it lists six or it lists seven and stated six, but there's seven of them. Okay, amazing. I'm so excited <laughs> to get into that part of the conversation. But before we do, would you mind sharing with us kind of like your journey through your spiritual awakening process and what led you to this place where you're now Um, a practitioner helping people to heal through spiritual gifts and understanding and modalities. Yeah, sure. So it's been a a definitely a journey, you know, and it probably started when I started to meet like-minded people, you know, because as like when I was in high school, I was having these ideas and experiences about life and things that were different from, you know, my friends. And I mostly kept it to myself. Although I remember sharing one thing with one friend who thought I was nuts. And then in my twenties, like I met like-minded people who gave me all this language, you know, to understand myself and the experiences I was having because I was having intuitive experiences then. I just didn't know it, you know? And, um, So yeah, probably started in my twenties. And then that kind of just led me on this long road of self-acceptance because I've always had this thing about, you know, not wanting to be different, which is so interesting because I am so different, you know, in general, but I've always had this thing about really not wanting to be different and wanting to be like everyone else, whatever that meant to me. I didn't even really know what that meant to me, but I just knew I didn't want to be different or seen as different. And so, you know, it started with me accepting myself and the fact that I am different. I process life different, that we're all different, that different is not like bad, you know, but my young mind didn't know that. And then from there, probably when I accidentally, or not accidentally, I say that in air quotes, but I accidentally learned that I was a clear tangent. And that's when I started to see clients. And that was 11 years ago. So it's been you know, a big chunk of my life. Yeah. Wow. And like, how did you, how did you air quotes accidentally discover (laughs) that psychic ability? So I've told the story so many times and (laughs) it's so long, so forgive me, but I uh, was going to these meetings with a Reiki master that she was having at her house and she was having these spiritual meetings about all kinds of things, all kinds of topics, you know? maybe like weekly or something. And so I would go and I really liked her and trusted her. And I knew that she was a Reiki master. And so one day I asked her, I scheduled an appointment with her to have some kind of spiritual work done that was not Reiki. I don't, it was either chakra clearing or chakra alignment, something like that. 
And she, so when I showed up for the appointment, which was a few weeks later, she was ready to attune me to Reiki. And I had zero interest in Reiki. You know, I didn't want to be a Reiki practitioner, but because that's what she was prepared to do. And, you know, she had prepared for me, you know, I went with the flow. And so we're in this park and she's praying over me and doing all these things. And this man comes over and asks us, what are we doing? And then he asked if I want to practice on him. And as I did, I started getting all this information about his wife and his daughter. So I'm saying to the woman, you know, is it okay if I talk? Because Reiki is typically silent because I'm getting information that I want to tell him. And she said, of course you can talk. And so by the time I moved from the sole of his feet to the top of his head, I had this entire story about his life and what was going on presently with him about his wife and daughter. And he said, you know, you're exactly right. How do you know all of that? And I said, I have no idea because I've never done that until this exact moment. So it was really fascinating. And I think it was just time for me to know that I have that ability. Um, You know, I didn't even know what to call it in the early years. I used to say to people, oh, it's Reiki, but I'm talking. (laughs) Because I didn't know clear tangent was a word, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know how to explain what I was doing. And so, um, yeah, so that's how, that's how that started. And it's just kind of progressed over the years into me doing, you know, intuition coaching, which I'm offering now. And I've have so much fun with my clients around that and, um, yeah, and still doing sessions with Claire Tangent sessions. So interesting. Well, I've never heard of Claire Tangents. When I, when I, I explain it, I usually kind of break it down into the typical four Claire's plus empathicness, but, mm-hmm. uh, it makes total sense to me that there would be more Claire's. And I think I've always said that, like in any of my courses about where I talk about psychic development, I'm like, these are just boxes <laughs> that we, yes. we use to do our best to explain and describe something that isn't actually compartmentalized at all. But mm-hmm. I'm so curious when you, I mean, at that time, but even now, like whatever, when you're experiencing touching somebody, do you, first of all, do you have to be touching them or is it even like laying hands over top of them? It can be like, both. Yeah. yeah. I can be okay. touching or not touching. Yeah. yeah. So cool. So when you're, when you're experiencing that, how does the information through to you? Like, does it feel, um, Mm -hmm. let me see if I'm kind of trying to imagine what that would be like. Well, I guess it depends on what your other Claire's are. Like, it sounds to me like you're probably Claire cognizant because you just have that direct knowing, but does it like, does it come through words? Does it come through like emotions pictures, a combination of all of them, probably. Yes, exactly. It's a combination of all of them. And the unique thing about people who are clairtangent is that we are automatically also experiencing clairsentient, mm-hmm. claircognizant at the same time, and some clairvoyance, you know, because touch triggers the others, you know, or not touch, right? But the idea of like the hand, for me, it's something with my hands that triggers all the other things. And so when I'm in a session with someone, and I just had a session just before this call, I am seeing things in my mind's eye. I'm feeling things, you know, I can feel texture. I can feel temperature. I can feel color. I can feel so many things, you know, and I'm also, sometimes it's just an automatic knowing. So all those things are happening at once. I don't yes. know how, I, I would love to know how, 
you know, which takes precedence and how, like, I don't pay that much attention to it in the moment because I'm just focusing on the information, but I I do know all those things happen and there's no order of them. It's not like I will see something in my mind's eye before I feel it in my body. You know, usually feeling is big for me. Um, Yeah. So, and sometimes I feel first, sometimes I see first, sometimes it's the other way around, you know, who knows? I don't control that part of it at all. (laughs) Yeah. It's not linear, right? It's like, it's just a whole... I don't know, like a, um, I'll call it a mess, but it's not necessarily messy, but a, a yeah. pile of um, impressions that just come in in different yes. ways. And there they are. Absolutely. And I have to, it's funny because when I, during a session, I talk differently because like it's happening literally in that moment for me, you mm-hmm. know? And so um, I might, you know, talk fast or slower or just the tone of my voice can change because it's like, I'm getting this information and I'm trying to, at that, in that moment, I'm, I'm translating it or interpreting it, you know, in the moment. So it's not like I'm speaking, like I'm talking to you now. It's like, I sound a little different because <laughs> it's yeah. not a conversation, you know? Right. That totally makes sense to me. Yeah. And I'm curious too, like when you're doing, when you're doing sessions with people, what, what kind of information comes through to you for them, which of course I know is totally going to vary depending on the individual and mm-hmm. the context of why they are, you know, even booking that session. But like, are you, so with the story you told of your first experience with that man, which good for you, by the way, for even verbalizing what was coming through for you, because I mean, that must've been really, that's a big, that's an edge. <laughs> it was just so strong that I could not not say it. You know, okay. like, how do I, what on earth is this? And it was my very first time. So I was like, I'm shocked, you know, and um, there's no way I could not say it. Cause I knew it wasn't me. I knew it had to, it was him. It was him, you know? Yeah. This is so interesting. And so in his session, it was like stuff, as you said, about his wife and his daughter and kind of, yes. it sounds like it was stuff that was going on for him in, in the present at that time. Yes. That's typically how my sessions are. You okay. Know, yeah. I mean, it could be, I could connect it to something from a previous life or from childhood, but oftentimes I'm addressing whatever is happening in the person's life, like in this moment, you know, cause the body holds everything. It's like a million memories, your body, millions of memories, the body is holding. So I'm usually, I usually get the information about what the person is, what's on their mind in their heart, you know, presently. Okay. That's so beautiful. And it just kind of, helps them to witness their own truth that they might not even be connecting with for themselves. Yeah. And it helps them to understand things that they didn't understand, you know, um, so many things. I mean, with that particular gentleman, I still remember his reading. I remember a lot of that reading and he and his wife had purchased an apartment for their daughter because she had just gotten out of a recovery program for drug addiction. I, all this came up and um, he was feeling a lot of guilt around buying her the apartment. Her boyfriend was moving in with her and he didn't agree with the boyfriend moving in with her. She is their only child. They're married. They were married at the time, 11 years ago. And, um, you know, the mother and the daughter were kind of like gang up on him because he disagreed with the boyfriend moving in. So it was so many issues that he had with the daughter and with the wife that hadn't been addressed that contributed to this thing. It was so much. It was so much. <laughs> so <laughs> I was able to connect dots for him, you know, to understand like what was going on and what he could do to 
bring more harmony into that situation. Amazing. Yeah. It must've just been so mind blowing to just suddenly be like, Oh, I'm channeling information. <laughs> you know, you. it's funny. I remember, I remember that day and the, the, the man I was dating at the time, like I went to his house afterwards and I was like, this just happened. <laughs> and, and I, and I was blown away by it, but it wasn't, I don't think I understood the largesse in the moment, or maybe it just took me some time to really process it because, you know, after it was over, the man got up, he thanked me, he walked away. I went to my boyfriend's house, back to life as usual, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then what was your process after that in terms of like, I mean, was that, yeah, like how did it go afterwards? I'm just imagining what it would have been like for me to just like think I didn't just think I didn't have any psychic abilities and then just to, you know, lay hands over somebody and be like, blah, blah, blah. here's all this stuff that I couldn't possibly know about you because you're a total stranger. Did you, well, I think- did you then start doing sessions? Like, did you mm-hmm. intentionally start to cultivate that ability immediately following that? Or did you kind of go through a period where you were like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> no, it took me a few years before I started seeing clients. And the woman was always in touch with me. Like, are you practicing? Are you seeing people? She would have events at her house that I would still go to. And she would have me do it for people that were at her house. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I would do it, but that might be the only time I did it in maybe six months. You know, I didn't really own it at that time. I just, yeah. um, and I knew I was intuitive because I've been, since I was a child, I was just understanding like what all that means and really what I wanted to do with it, you know? And I think it's so natural for everyone to express themselves in this way. So I didn't really think of it as like a big deal, you know, because I think, I think it's natural. <laughs> And I don't know if, well, you said it in the intro, my great-grandmother read palms for a living. And Mm -hmm. I know this. And at that time, I knew that. I learned that about her when I was in my 20s. So I knew this about, I knew this at that time and, you know, probably connected it to my family in some way and to her. And it it all made sense. I made it make sense. I just wasn't ready to really share it as much as I do now. Right. And what was the turning point for you that led you to want to start developing that ability so that you could use it to help people? Probably just my, um, my readiness, you know, because I I just wasn't, I, it took me a long time to accept myself. And so I think it was just my readiness that, okay, this is who I am and it's a gift and I'm going to own it. This is what the creator gave me and what the creator has called me to be. So this is what I'm going to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was just sort of a, Right. I think readiness is the best way to put it. Even as yeah. I'm like feeling into that, it's just kind of like, it's almost needed to percolate for you for a while. And then you're yes. like, okay, I'll accept. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just had to sit with it. You know, I had to just acknowledge that, oh, this is, this is my, this is real. This is who I am. <laughs> you know, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and so will you share with us more about the, the seven clips? as you understand them and just sort of how you see them um, expressing through people? Yes, for sure. And I'm so excited you're asking me about this because I just started a series on my Instagram where I talk about each of the seven. I just started it this week. So I think today I'm on number three, but uh, seven, you want me to go through each of them? 
and give yes. you a little brief. Okay. So I'll start with clairsentient because I think so many people are clairsentient. You know, I think people who call themselves empaths are clairsentient and maybe they don't know the word, you know, but clairsentient is the ability to um, receive information from feeling, you know, how you feel, including emotion, pleasure, pain, you know, whatever sensations and things you're feeling in your body, all of that is communication, you know, and the, the real key to being able to practice this in your own life and for yourself is to just really pay attention to yourself, pay mm-hmm. more attention to yourself because the whole of you is communicating to you all day long, literally all day long. It's nonstop. As much as, you know, we talk about how difficult it is to shut the brain off. It's like that. It's, it's equally as difficult to shut off all the things your body is telling you all the time. We just right. don't yet collectively have the awareness that the body is constantly communicating to us, you know, outside of like the medical field. And so then I, after clairsentient, there's clairvoyant, which is probably the most popular of all the clairs because it's been in pop culture for so long. And Tyler Henry has a television show on E and, you know, people know mm-hmm. about clairvoyant. And that, and that one is the ability to receive information from vision and, you know, it's visions out of your physical eye and visions out of your mind's eye. And then um, there's claircognizant, which is the ability to receive information from knowing, just automatically knowing, which is another thing that every single person has experienced because it's the gut feeling you get in your belly when you know you should or shouldn't do something. But most of us ignore it and we do the thing anyway. And then in hindsight, we remember, oh, I said I shouldn't have done that or I knew that was going to happen. That has happened to literally all of us, you know, and that's that's a beginner experience of claircognizant. If that is happening, there is more that can happen, you know, and then there is, um, Claire tangent, which is, you know, which is what I've shared with my clients, which is the ability to receive information through touch. So that's sentient, buoyant, cognizant tangent. Okay. And then number five is Claire audience which is the ability to receive information from hearing, but it's not the same kind of hearing that you hear with my voice right now. It's a different kind of hearing. It's like an inner hearing, you know? And then there's Claire Gustance, which is the ability to receive information from uh, smell, which my niece does, oddly enough, my sister's youngest daughter. She she can smell like everything. And when I think about that, when I think about chefs and also the next one, which is Claire Olfactants, which is the ability to receive information from taste because chefs are so gifted or just people who cook in general. You don't have to be an actual real chef, you know, because in the same way that you can taste the seasoning of something in a particular food, right? Like that's how it shows up. It's just more information than just you know, you taste cinnamon, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So those are this, oh, and with smell. Well, yeah, I said that already. The ability to receive information from what you smell. Yeah. So those are the seven. Yeah. Amazing. That all, that all totally makes sense that it would come through the different senses or yes. just tra- it's, to me, it's like the information is already there. It's already surrounding us. It's just the way that yes. our consciousness and our physical body translates it for Absolutely. Us. Totally. And we have so many distractions that are taking us away from that. 
you know, from the Apple watch on your wrist to, you know, whatever you're seeing as you walk down the street, like there's a million distractions and those distractions are really kind of dumbing us down because we're giving our attention to those things that are just maybe making us happy or feel good in the moment or giving us some sort of information. But the real valuable information is in yourself. Mm -hmm. It's true. And if you don't have a, if you don't have kind of a built-in habit of self-reflection and and like just presence with self, then it's very hard to be in a position of mastery over your own reality and what you're experiencing because you are, it's like, it's like you're driving a car, but you're not really driving and you don't know how the car works. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's why my journey has been what it is because I've always been highly aware of myself, Mm. you know? And it has served me really beautifully. Did it, would you share with us your experience of like using your intuition to move through trauma? Yeah, for sure. So that's the biggest way, you know, that this has served me because I repressed my trauma for over 10 years. So, you know, I like to always explain the difference between repression and suppression because most people are familiar with suppression which is conscious, it's at will, and it's an emotional response. Like when you don't want somebody to see you cry, right? And you purposefully hold back your tears. Um, And repression is, they're both connected to like memory in the brain in a similar way, but repression is when it's mental and it's subconscious. And it's, you know, when you, for me, the experience of my trauma was so um, difficult for me to manage that I acted as if it didn't happen. I pushed it, my brain pushed it so far away from my reality in a sense that I was behaving as if it didn't happen. You know, um, actually that's not true because I was acting out, but I didn't know why I was acting out, you know, and I was, I consciously didn't know why I was acting out. So I was behaving in this way, but I didn't know why I was behaving in this way. Hmm. So I, mm-hmm. repression is like, it's a, it's a defense. It's a mental defense mechanism. You know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't deal. I couldn't deal with what happened to me. So that's what I did. And then my mm-hmm. intuition really guided me to unrepress because it guided me to doing all these things that I'd never done in life, you know, like, um, and it took me through a depression that I, I was grateful that I pulled myself out of too, because it, it, it led me to doing yoga which I had done probably 10 years prior and hated it. And I said, oh, I'm never doing this again, (laughs) right? But this time I was ready to be in my body in the way that yoga puts you in your body. And so I loved it and was doing yoga four or five days a week. And it guided me to um, really isolate myself from my social circle. You know, I became a bit of a hermit and I'm a Virgo. So I'm naturally like a homebody and, you know, pay attention to my internal world anyway, but I um, I didn't have friends for a couple of years. It was just like me living my life on my own by my choice. I was aware I was doing that, but I didn't know why I was doing that. And mm. um, doing that guided me to like this depression that I was in because I was starting to really look at my life and all the things in my life that on the outside, people would perceive me as being a happy person, you know, but I know what I'm capable of and I know who I am in a way other people do not. And so I knew what I was not doing in my life, you know, even if other people couldn't see it. So I had this like depression that lasted for a while, probably like a year. And then um, 
you know, and then I just, one day I said to a friend on the phone that, you know, I spoke my trauma. And from that moment on, like the journey, the healing journey really began, began. And did your intuition guide you through that portion too? After I spoke it out of my mouth? Mm-hmm. At that point, I was very conscious, you know, of what happened in all the ways I needed to make sure I was taking good care of myself. So, you know, I went to therapy. I had a past life regression. I was already doing crystal therapy. I was already meditating and doing the yoga, um, you know, but I was I was just making sure I, I hit all the bases, <laughs> you know, to make sure that I was mentally and emotionally and like taking care of myself in all the ways. So it was very, I was very consciously doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And when you are working with people now, is it similar? Are you helping them to process trauma a lot of the time? And do you find that who comes to you? No, surprisingly enough. <laughs> I don't get a lot of clients that have, you know, trauma backgrounds or experience with trauma. There, I don't what can I say is a common thread? Um, they're usually people who are um powerful you know, and don't know it. The one thing that I, that I can say is, is true for so many of them is that they have, there's an awareness about who they are, that they have an inkling of, but they haven't like owned in a similar way to me and my self-acceptance journey. And that's funny about being a spiritual practitioner. You know, you get a lot of clients who mirror you in certain ways. So that's Mm -hmm. one way that my clients definitely mirror me. Mm -hmm. Even I'm not there anymore, but I was there, you know? Yeah, it it seems to me that a lot of the time, it's almost like we we go through our journey for ourselves. Like it's yeah. it's not as it's not as though we're just doing it purely so that we can help somebody else. But we're we are guided through our particular journey, and then when we've integrated it, then it's kind of like okay, and then like helping the next crew that's going yes. through the same thing move through yeah. that initiation passage. And I learned so much from them because every session that I have is. Like I'm learning, you know, because everyone is completely different. Everyone's energy feels completely different. No two people feel the same, you know? And so I'm learning so much, like it expands my capacity to feel and, you know, to know and to, I guess, just really exercise all these clear senses that I have because I learn so much in every session. Yeah. I feel the same way with the cash sessions. I'm just, I'm like, there is... Exactly. Like it's impossible to predict. Even yesterday I was on somebody else's podcast and he was asking me kind of like, what are some of the, you know, typical, well, I think I I mentioned that I I love working within time. I love moving within past, present and future and different timelines Mm -hmm. and things like that. And he was saying like, how, how does the future look for a person? Like, do you see one future? Do you see multiple futures? Mm And it's like, it depends on the person and it depends on what question they're asking, like why they're there that day and what they're thinking and feeling that day. Like yes. the next day I might, yep. it's not that I see a whole different future as if like it's all imaginary make-believe, but it's like, we are the portals to all those probable timelines anyway. Yes. It, yes. It, everybody's so different. Everybody's so different. And it's so funny you say that because I just said to my client, you know, who I had today, I'm not the kind of experience that you need to have, you know, once a week. Right. Or in a couple of days, because the energy I'm picking up, you know, it takes time for that to change. It's about how you're being and how you're showing up for yourself, which doesn't change overnight. So if she came to see me again in a week, I would likely pick up the same things. There would be some things that are different. Right. But the but the dominant energies would be the same. 
because not enough has changed. And so I always tell my clients like, no, you don't need to see me again for like another three months or something, because you need the time to integrate all that I've just shared with you into your life, you know? Right. That's so interesting because I, so I have this theory, like when people ask me to sort of explain my take on what the Akashic records are, I don't really see it. I think maybe this was popularized by Edgar Casey, but I'm not hundred percent certain, but that the understanding of the Akashic records, like a, a library. Yes. Like a, a it was Edgar Casey. He said that. Yep. 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 I read that. I don't, I don't experience it that way, but I don't, I don't think it's wrong. I think it's more just like we're trying with language to <laughs> articulate yeah. something that is, it's not anything <laughs> that we understand. Yes. But I, the way I explain it is like, I think the body is like a hard drive and it, it only has so much memory capacity. It has a lot, but yeah. it has a limited memory capacity. And when it has reached its limit, the, it has to move memory out into its cloud in order to take on new information. And so I feel like I read the cloud, you read the hard drive, I read the cloud, <laughs> but it's probably all the Akashic records. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I want an Akashic record reading from you. We're going to have to schedule that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fascinated by the Akashic records because as I said, Edgar Casey introduced me, you know, in the book that he wrote about it. And it's just so fascinating. And it makes so much sense. Like it makes perfect sense to me. I get it, you know? And when you were describing like that, you don't need to see somebody every single week because it takes time for those changes to integrate. I was thinking like, yeah, because it's the hard drive. It's the physical yeah. body. It's like yeah. everything is slower here in the, in the 3D, right? Um, when it's non-physical, things move a lot faster and shift a lot faster. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And, and I was also telling her that, you know, with intuition in general, because this particular client is like walking intuition. She's so incredibly intuitive. <laughs> it was wild. I've never experienced anyone like that, that I can remember anyway. And, um, you know, she was asking me, so what do I do, you know, to expand my intuition? And I said, you know, it's not something that you have to do by, you know, a ritual or <laughs> some certain kind of prayer or any kind of like spiritual modality like that, like you access your intuition really just by being mindful of how you're being and by showing up for yourself and your truth in as many ways as you can. If it's like giving your body what it wants to eat, or if it's, you know, having a hard conversation or like whatever it is, you know, like that's how you get to more of your intuition. It's not some woo-woo magical spell. It's literally just by, because it's so natural to us. It's a natural part of who we all are. And all you have to do is be as your truest self, which is your most natural self. And that's how your intuition expands. You'll yeah. It's more of a, it's more of a being than a doing process. Absolutely. Which is yeah. hard for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People prefer the doing because you can do it and then it's over with. <laughs> that's right. That's what I was thinking while you were saying that. I was like, she probably wants something to put on her to-do list that she can yes. check off every day and be like, I've done yes. this. But that, that doesn't. Not that it doesn't have any effect, but I feel like it doesn't really move the needle in the absence of the being part. Like it, you have to also just be, become the thing that you want to become. Otherwise it, yes. it is just another thing on your to-do list yeah. and it, it just gets done once in the day and then it's over till the next day. Absolutely. And sometimes you have to become the thing that you don't want to become, you Ooh. know? You have to become, you have to 
you have to get out of your own way and you have to see yourself and see your truth. And for people who, you know, I know for me as a trauma survivor, I had a, a distorted view of myself. You know, I didn't think I was worthy of things that I wanted. I didn't think, you know, I just, just like, um, hurtful. I was telling myself hurtful, tr- untruths, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I had to like, oh, that's not true. I have to, I actually am love, <laughs> you know, and I actually am worthy and I am these things. And so I think a lot of people, trauma and non-trauma survivors have those thoughts of ourselves that are not true, that are not true. And so those are the things that I'm referring to. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I personally think that those are like, they're programmed into us. Like there's a lot of, there's just a lot of yep. ways that we are sort of seated with the untruth that we aren't worthy as we are, you yes. know, and it's right from the beginning and it's often so, so very subtle, yep. but it, it roots very deeply in our perception of self. Absolutely. And it comes from people we love. <laughs> and so we think, you know, it must be true, especially when you're a child and you receive that message. It must be true because this person whom I love said it. So of course. Or said or, it about or, ourselves. Yeah. Or demonstrated it in some nonverbal way to me, you know? Yeah, totally. Have you noticed any interesting trends in your clientele? Mm. Like, I guess what I'm getting at is... I notice in the people that I do have done readings for over the the last handful of years, I notice some trends of how, let me see what I'm, how to articulate what I'm trying to say. I think I know where you're going. Okay. Good. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I guess like trends of like, what are you seeing people moving towards? What are you seeing people being called to step into? What What are you seeing happening within the collective as it plays out through individuals that are brought to you? Yes, that's exactly what I was understanding. And it's really to step into their power, to really mm-hmm. own their power. And it's so interesting that that is being brought to my attention because the work that I'm doing now and being a public facing person is new for me. Even though I've been mm-hmm. doing this a long time, it has been just, you know, word of mouth. I didn't have a website. I hadn't written books, you know, no one knew unless you knew, you know? And so for me, and and I always knew the universe is always telling me that my timing, when I was actually ready to be public, the timing would be perfect for me. Right. So that's what my whole message is about, like owning your true power. And that's, that's the message, the general theme of the messages that I'm getting from my clients. It's really about them owning who they are because many of them know on some level, you know, and they just either don't believe it, don't believe in it (laughs) or, you know, for whatever whatever reason, just don't want to own it, you know, because of their job, because of, you know, how it will change their life. Yeah. They don't want, they don't want, they don't want their relationships to change. They don't want these things to change and things are going to change. Things are going to change. And, you know, the beautiful part is that the 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 hard part of the change is only temporary. You know, most of the change will just be so much beauty and love and abundance and expansiveness and like happiness and joy even that you just have to be able to sit through the discomfort of of the things that need to change that are hurtful because they're not serving you anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Or like the scariness, like I'm, as you're saying all this, I'm having a a former client brought to mind 
And she is so powerful, so powerful. But I could tell that she was really afraid to fully claim that because she was afraid of rocking the boat within her home for her husband and her daughter. I'm really afraid that taking up too much space, like afraid that if she took up all the space that she was designed to take up, it would be so much, it would crowd them out and they would leave her. And like, that's such a scary thing to navigate, right? Like there's a lot. I mean, I, I, I have a similar sort of mandate right now to help people reclaim their power and just be like, we're running the show here. Like you're not you know, you're so, you can do it. <laughs> you're so powerful. Yeah. Uh, especially through manifestation lately. It's just like, we are doing this. It's time <laughs> to accept it. <laughs> just stop manifesting things we don't want anymore. <laughs> yes. But it it is, and it sounds good. And to me, I'm like, why do I feel like I have to twist people's arms so much just to get them to accept how powerful they are? But then I remember, yeah, there's a lot of scary stuff. There's a lot of I just call it Akashic trauma, like just residual trauma imprints, Mm -hmm. whether we experienced it personally as a soul, either in this life or a past life, or even if it's just a collective Akashic memory of, you know, like, like those big events such as cultural genocides or large religious persecutions, things like the Crusades, Mm -hmm. the Spanish Inquisition, the witch burnings, Mm -hmm. just like, and there's so many, right? You couldn't possibly name all of the ones that have occurred all over earth amongst all people. But those memory, those trauma memories don't go away. They stay in our collective Akasha and we were connected to them and influenced by it, right? Yeah. And it's very confronting to move through those trauma memories because the part of us that wants to stay small is a part of us that's literally just trying to keep us safe and alive. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's such a good example because that's exactly how it shows up, you know, in my clients as well. It's like they're, they're everyday things Mm -hmm. (laughs) are the things that are really keeping them from like having this fuller experience of not only themselves, but of life, you know, and, and seeing how beautiful life is and being reminded that life loves you. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really beautiful to witness, you know, Mm. It is, but that's, that is definitely the hardest work. Yeah. It's being, being willing to face that fear of what, what will change and what do you see or what do you perceive we're moving towards Mm -hmm. as a collective, as we reclaim this power? Oh, that's such a, Oh, that's a loaded question. (laughs) There's so many things that have coming up for me and things I've been thinking about too recently. Which one should I talk about? I guess, you know, I think the ways that we identify are so misaligned with what the truth is, you know, Um, race, gender, all those things. Like they're so, they're, they're just not accurate, as accurate as they could be, (laughs) you know? And I think as we evolve, we will start to identify in different ways. Do you have, do you sense any examples of the ways that we might start identifying? Yes. I mean, I think, you know, for, we all have, I believe we all have cosmic origins, you know, and I think that, you know, the, our origins, those origins are going to be more true identifiers for us than race and gender and these things that we identify with now, you know? Mm-hmm. 
That's how I see it going. I mean, we're a long way from that. You know, some people will hear this and be like, what on earth is she talking about? But it's, you know, it's not of earth, right? Like we probably all... not on my podcast. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so happy to hear that. But, but that's, you know, that's where I think we're going. You know, these, yeah. we're, these things have served us, you know, for however many years and we're just past it. It's ridiculous that they even come up anymore, you know? So yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? And yet there's still, we're still it's working insane. our way through it. <laughs> yes. It's just really ridiculous. And we're confronted with it all the time in the news and in the media. And, you know, they're perpetuating these things that are really not even true. <laughs> yes, totally. And I, again, like, I really feel like that's by design. And yet I yeah. also see the benefit of it because it's like, if we're constantly being confronted by it, it has this effect where, mm-hmm eventually you stop reacting to it so much because it it just starts to lose its its power like you're just you're hearing it hearing it and hearing it and at first it's very inflammatory for a lot of us very triggering brings up a lot of stuff but as we continue to hear about it all the time in the background we're just sort of sorting through it while we live our lives and then after a while it just doesn't really like grab you and pull on you anymore and then you get to break free those constructs. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, as a black woman in in America and seeing all the black people that are being innocently killed by police, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely that, that idea is definitely one that I'm aware of, you know, they're desensitizing people to being, to seeing people be killed on television or people be killed in front of you or, you know, so what is someone going to be killed while you're walking down the street and you're going to step over them? Right. Like, is that where we're going or where some people are trying to lead us to? So yes, I'm very aware of that. Absolutely. I wonder how to address that, you know? I mean, I feel like it's so, it's so sensitive and nuanced too. And I think that's part of the, the manipulative power construct behind it is that we, you can't, none of us, not a single one of us can make sort of like blanket absolute statements. It's way too reductive. And so the only way to address it, I think is like in a willingness to just have conversations about it and a willingness to maybe feel like we said the wrong thing, or maybe feel like we, you know, um, learned something new, like the ego, the ego wants to everybody's ego, you know, not, Mm -hmm. not any one person's, but everybody's ego kind of wants to have the answer for everything. But the answer to me seems to be like a gentle unraveling little by little in the background of life. Yes, I totally agree. I don't think we're ready to have the full on answer, like be revealed to us at once. We would not, not. be able to handle it, you no, know? Totally. What would it's, like, what would my psyche even do? We would be blown away. I mean, it would really be a mind fuck, you know? And so there's my curse word. <laughs> One curse word. I always tell I always tell the guests at the beginning that you know it's rated explicit because I swear a lot and Ebony was like we'll see what comes out like I don't really swear all that much and there was <laughs> I felt good to say it too but yeah we're not ready for it and so all these experiences that we're having you know the ones that I just mentioned and other ones you know it's it's the unraveling it's the unraveling yeah yeah, yeah it is it is 
And I'm curious, do you know, or do you have a sense of your galactic origins or your sort of like, I do origins is a weird word, isn't it? Because it, it implies that it's like a point in history that is over now, mm. but it's, it's like more of like the expanded essence of what we always are. Yes. So I do know. And it's funny. Yeah. How it's a whole story around that. A couple stories around that, but yeah, I'm serious B. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> knew I was like, I I'm pretty good at picking up on that stuff. And I was very strongly picking up serious. I hadn't like differentiated between the, the <laughs> that I'm aware of, but Syrian was what I was getting. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. And one of the ways that I know this is because the past life regression that I mentioned earlier that I had as part of my, like, you know, supporting myself from healing from trauma in that regression, a great uncle showed up and I didn't know him while he was alive. And he was like a really magical person anyway. And I'll give you a brief story about him. His name was uncle Jack. And this is my paternal great uncle, right? So, you know, a few older man, and he was really close to my sister who's five years older than me. And um, uncle Jack told my sister on her, she was having her fifth birthday and she was having a party. And the day before her party, my uncle Jack who was perfectly healthy, came to her and said, you know, I'm not going to be able to make your birthday party tomorrow. And my sister, her little cute self at five is like, well, why not? You know, like there, he's her, literally her best friend at this age, this time in her life. And he said, well, you know, the Lord told me he's going to take me tonight. My family is very Christian and religious, but also spiritual. He said, the Lord told me he's going to take me tonight. And he died in his sleep that night. And so my past life regressions were about uncle Jack, who I didn't unfortunately get to know, um, he told me in the regression, he showed up and he made a point to tell me that he was there and that he's there because that's where I'm from. That's amazing. <laughs> right? <It's> so beautiful. <laughs> but I have yeah. another story, but I won't share it, but I knew this before that, but he just kind of confirmed it for me. That's so cool. And do yeah. you ever pick up on any of that with your clients? It's rare. It's rare. It does happen, you know, and that energy, ooh, for me, that energy is really, uh, I interpret that energy in a whole nother way. Like energy that is not earthly mm -hmm. just feels like a whole nother thing. It's so new for me because I don't feel it often enough, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I know when it's happening because it's just a whole nother like vibration and frequency, you know? But yeah, sometimes I rarely it will happen when I can, I know someone is like, I'm not getting earthly energy from them, you know, mm -hmm. and the support that they're needing is, is galactic. It's not, it's not anything that has anything to do with their earthly life, you know? Yeah, totally. I used to be a midwife and I remember there was this one little newborn baby that I, I wasn't there when she was born. It was a different midwife on my call team that was on call that day. But I met her when she was about 48 hours old. And I remember seeing her being like, oh, you're here for the first time. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Which is not usually I would just say like, well, I would quietly whisper uh... like, because, wow. you know, everybody would think I was crazy if I said it out loud. <laughs> this one little girl is like, that's so okay, cool. Well, it's crazy here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Oh, I love that. My sister has four children and her oldest niece, not the youngest one who experiences, you know, Claire Gustin's, but the older one, I swear it's her first time. Yeah. 
I really think it's her first time. And, and I had never experienced someone in my life, you know, who it's their first time until her. And so it's really interesting. Those people are so interesting. I'm kind of fascinated by her and she's just, she has a hard time a lot of the time because she's just so incredibly like loving and giving and, you know, to a fault, you know, it's very interesting experience that she has. Yeah. I, I used to feel that way when I was younger, although I know that this is not my first time here, Yeah, but I, I used to, like, I think that's something that a lot of us with strong galactic origins or starseed energy, Mm -hmm. one of the, the common threads is just that feeling of like, why is it this way here? It's so obvious that if we're just nice to each other, everything will work out. And it's just so confusing to be here and be like, what are these rules? Like, what are we doing? Why is everybody agreeing to this? My current thing is like calendars. What the hell? (laughs) Why are we all agreeing to this? I know. (laughs) I know. It's, it's so bizarre how we, I mean, I always say we're in our infancy. I think as a collective, as a human collective, we're in our infancy. And so future humans, you know, will be much more evolved and they won't have all this nonsense that we're having to deal with, but you know, we're infants. So this is what it looks like for us. Yeah. Or maybe toddlers. I have a two-year-old right now. And I kind of feel like we're in a toddler state with all the tampons. It's my way. <laughs> that is a good point. The toddler stage makes so much more sense. Thank you for that. I'm going to start saying that now. We're yes. Toddlers. Cause infants are, yes, they're very different. <laughs> Yeah. And toddlers, if you catch them at the right time, you can start to reason with them. If you catch them at the wrong time, you're not getting anywhere with any of that. <laughs> oh, that's so true. It's so true. And I used to say when I was, you know, before I, I healed from my trauma and he, heal, I shouldn't say healed before my healing journey began, because I feel like it's never ending, you know, but I'm in such a good place now. And I used to say before I was in a good place that I was never coming back here. It's like, I'm done. This is it. <laughs> I'm never coming back. I have gotten all I need to receive. I am done. But now I actually want to come back again. That's nice. Yeah. I actually want to come back. I'm looking forward to like creating in this life what I can to set me up for the next one, you know? Yeah. It's it's beautiful here. I think that this, <clears throat> this realm, like to me, I, I perceive that we're in the third and fourth dimension here. Mm-hmm. And we're expanding into the fifth dimension, but we're not leaving this place. We're expanding mm-hmm. our consciousness to be able to experience all of those bandwidths of reality. Totally. And, but even where we are right now in the third and fourth dimension, it's so beautiful. It's just the yeah. stories that we tell that make it painful and hard, but the mm-hmm. earth itself is such a, is such a beautiful paradise kind of place i mean it has has venomous creatures (laughs) it has its perils but it's also just truly beautiful yeah i i agree and it's also so highly intelligent you know that once you once you have an awareness of how intelligent and loving life is it's really it's incredible you know to have to to see life through that lens yeah absolutely can i ask you one last question Absolutely. I'm just curious. You you mentioned that your family is Christian and spiritual mm-hmm. together. How mm-hmm. how have you 
navigated that. Was that challenging to have, you know, psychic abilities come on board? Because I know it depends, right? There are like as many flavors of Christianity as there are Christians and even (laughs) as many flavors of Christianity as there are people who don't, wouldn't call themselves Christians, but Mm -hmm. have some kind of context for it. But in your particular flavor and the way that you were brought up, was that challenging to Mm. accept both of those parts of yourself? That's a good question. I think my immediate answer is no, because I, you know, I just always saw things the way I saw them, you know? (laughs) So I was going to church and they're telling me about, you know, God, who is man and all these things. And I was like, I don't, I don't, the way I understand God, it is not a man. So I'm just going to stick with that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like I hear what you're telling me, but that's just not what I understand. And this is little Ebony saying this, you know, I was, I used to go to Sunday school every Sunday before actual church service. And I gave the Sunday school teacher a time because I was always asking questions, you know, because I just didn't agree. So I think that's how I handled it. I was like, oh, okay. That's how you see it. That's cool. That's just not how I understand it. You know, that's amazing. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) But as an adult, it's probably been more difficult managing my family's religious, you know, background because they are strong Christians, you know, and, and I'm not, and, you know, I understand Christ consciousness, (laughs) you know, and so they, you know, just generally don't understand how much I have to offer them. And I'm not able to really show up for them in the ways that are natural to me because they just aren't open to it. So that part is hurt, not hurtful, but I just don't like it, you know, because I love them so much and I would love to be able to support them with all their stuff, but they only see things and how to handle things through like that Christian lens. Yeah. And do they do they also sort of feel influenced by the passages in the Bible, particularly the Old mm-hmm. Testament that, you know, that whatever, soothsayers and sorcerers and that, that kind of things that our work would fall under that divinatory, you know, category? Do they you know, have feelings around that? That is a good question too. And I don't think so only because of my maternal great-grandmother. You know, my mother lived with her for a little while as a child. And so she saw people lining up to have their palms read on a daily basis. So she knows that that is real, you know? And um, so, you know, I don't think they think it's bad or evil or, you know, divination. They just prefer the other stuff. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Well, that's nice. I mean, that's that's like, that's easier to deal with than having, you know, things projected onto you that you're you're doing evil things. If it's just not, if that's not their particular flavor of their preferred spiritual worldview, then yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And even I, my dad's side of the family, you know, I have aunts and stuff that are highly spiritual and into crystals and go to church every day. And, you know, they live in Detroit, so they also carry guns in their purses, you know? So like, (laughs) very interesting people. Life is complicated. It's complex. Yes. We don't just get yes. into one category. There's yeah, <laughs> overlapping categories. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really grateful for that. But I, I really do wish I, they were more open because, you know, I could just really support them in so many ways. Because mm-hmm. that's how I show love for people. You know, like when I love you, all the stuff comes out. You know, like you're getting, I'm getting 
information about you that I did not even warrant. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that at least they don't, they're not rejecting of you. They're just not fully open to what you do. And I said, I know I said that was the last question, but is it, do you also feel any kind of connection to ancient Egypt? I do. And it comes and goes, you know, like sometimes it's very strong and so strong that other people will tell me, you know, that they see this for me, which may be why you're bringing it up. And, and sometimes like, I don't feel the connection at all. So it comes and goes. I don't know what my relationship to Egypt is. I, I, I did have a, a, another great aunt on my dad's side who told me before she died, you know, she retired and traveled the world. And she said, if you go nowhere else, you must go to Egypt. If you go nowhere on the planet, you must go to Egypt. You know, have you gone yet? I haven't gone yet. And I do travel. I just haven't gone there yet. I just, yeah, I've got to make it a goal for sure. I think there's something there for you. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it just, it's coming through while we're talking. It could be that you are <clears throat> sort of like haloed a little bit by that big yellow painting in the background <laughs> that kind of looks like gold. It could be that, but I, I'm just feeling a lot of ancient Egyptian <laughs> information in your field. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been told it multiple times and mm-hmm. I attract people that have strong relationships with Egypt. Yep. When you're ready, there'll be something that you'll just know. You'll be like, it's time. Yeah. And Toth, Toth is an Egyptian. Yes. Right. Toth came to me years ago. I mean, before this was even before I unrepressed, Toth came to me so strongly. This will be the last story I share. I can talk a lot. He came to me so strongly. I was, I was living in um, a house at the time and I was on the top floor. Um, It was a brownstone and um, I was meditating and Toth showed up and the entire body, he was so big. The energy was so big that it felt like my, I'm sitting on a sofa. It felt like the top of my head was at like its knee, right? That's how big he was showing up. And I just saw like the gold and the skirt. I can only see like the lower half of him. So I I wasn't even sure like who or what was in front of me. And it was so close to me. Like he stood, like I could feel him touching the tip of my nose. Wow. That's how close the energy, you know, it felt to me. And so that's how I was introduced to Toth. Like that's how he showed up for me. And then I had to look him up and I figured out it was him. And yes. So this, this Egypt thing has been with me for a long time. So interesting. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm like excited to find out. Not that I necessarily even would, but I'm like, I'm like, what? I want to hear about what happens when you go to Egypt. <laughs> I can, ab- I will absolutely reach out and tell you. And anyway, I really need to make that like the next place I travel. I really need to make that happen. You'll Thank know, you. you'll know. It's, yeah. it's that readiness, the same as when you were like, okay, I'm ready to do sessions. You'll be like, okay, it's time. Yes. There's something there. I need to, I need to go find it. Yes, for sure. And my Mars is in Taurus. And so I can be very slow about how I go about doing things. It could take me a little while, you know. I'm always trying to work on getting that faster, but it is. My Mars is in Taurus. Yep. Just got to lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been such a beautiful conversation, Ebony. How can everybody find you? And what what are the things that you have to share with people if there's anything you want to invite them into? Sure. So uh, my Instagram is the best way to find me. 
I also have a website. My Instagram is at intuitive ebony writes and ebony is E-B-O-N-I and writes is W-R-I. And then my website is ebonybanks.me. And what I have coming up is this book that I'm birthing into the world, which is a workbook that I'm really excited about because it teaches people how to access their intuition. Like those practical ways we were talking about is very, you know, grounded in, you know, 3D life. And I think I channeled that entire book because I don't even know where, like, it was just, it just came out of me so easily. It was written pretty quickly. So that is something to look out for. And it's really written for people who know nothing about intuition, you know, so your audience may be a little more sophisticated around the topic, but I really wanted to make it accessible to as many people as possible. Well, I have all kinds of my audience, people who are just like having their first spiritual awakening ever and are here right at the very beginnings of their looking into this and all the way into okay. people who are, you know, to schooling me on stuff. So oh, nice. I love that. I love it when you get schooled on stuff, right? Like yes. there's so many wise people in the world. And on my Instagram, I share lots of information. I mean, as I mentioned, I'm doing this current seven video series now about the seven clear senses so that people can understand like which one is theirs or which, which ones plural. Yeah. Beautiful. And those that'll be linked in the show notes so that you can easily click on it and go find Ebony on Instagram and check out her website. Thank you so much, Ebony, for being here and sharing this conversation with me. It was amazing. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be able to talk about like different things. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Podcasting is all about. (laughs) Thank you, my beautiful listeners, as always, you know, I love you so much. I appreciate you more than my words could ever say. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please reach out to Ebony or I privately and let us know, or you can screenshot yourself listening to the episode and share it on your Instagram stories and tag us. That would be really cool. I'm sure we would both be super happy. Rate, review, subscribe, and share all the usual things. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, my friends, and I will catch you on the next episode. Well, that's a wrap. I truly hope that you enjoyed the episode and that you got some good activations, insights, and inspiration from what was shared today. I want to give a shout out to May, who edits all of these podcast episodes, and I want to thank you, beautiful listener, for the valuable currency of your time and attention. You are a powerful creator, and may everything in this podcast serve you in your highest fucking creations. Your listenership means the world to me, truly. I cannot possibly express my appreciation enough for you and your being here with me on this journey. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. I will catch you on the next episode.